everyone, and welcome to Paranormal Roundtable. I'm your host, Josh Turner, also known as Wolf, and I will be with you for the next hour. With me is my co-host. The um, one and only Mushu. Okay, he's going to introduce himself because he's self-important guy. Anyways, uh, I know yeah. you were going to say something rude, so I didn't want to. But we're back. Wow, actually, I was just going to say my esteemed colleague, uh, Tony Long. I don't think but, you've ever but, called me that. I was going to. But you destroyed it before I could, so I guess whatever. It's your it's your world. I'm just living in it. <laughs> uh, my guy who does minimal work on the stories because he's like he doesn't like to read. It hurts his brain. Anthony does a lot of work on the show. Okay, that is the part I was going to say. My esteemed colleague Anthony is. Yeah, with I, me. I, I was going to wait my turn to be introduced like a like a grown adult, like a, unlike like a, like a big boy, unlike our uh, four eyed friend here. Yes. Because he, because Anthony's no longer because he had LASIK. Yeah, doesn't help his face any. <laughs> oh my gosh, we're not here, here to cut each other down. We're not here to cause any trouble. We're here to do the I Super Bowl shuffle. Now, folks, we're here. Look, hey, a return show. I think that was the best way shut we up. could do it. We are here to talk about the paranormal, not cut each other down. We're here yeah. to, but we're, we're here, not to, here have to talk fun. about Tony's messed up face. We're here to have fun. Okay, or his four eyes. But the, but the main thing is, we're here to talk about some creepy stuff today we have a show and as, as the title is unwelcome passengers so you can imagine what we're talking about like when i get in the car and i go somewhere and tony jumps in with me that's an unwelcome passenger and it is terrifying um especially if he's driving but that rarely happens folks because like i said i don't put myself in situations where i don't need to be unnecessarily like in danger so i don't let him drive when I, i'm in the vehicle i don't that just doesn't happen um, but anyway, we're well, here. In that case, he's an unwelcome driver. And welcome passenger and driver. Either way, both of y'all are. Anyways, I'm burdened with these people, folks. This is what we got to do. I got to let you know, Josh Turner, PRTpodcast.com, Josh Turner, PRTpodcast.com. That is my email address. Please send me uh, your, your stories. I like to read them. Even if I don't use them, I'll read them. And sometimes we'll talk and sometimes we don't use them. But, you know, at least we, you got it off your chest. Um because we can only produce so much per week, um, here we are. We're doing it. We're doing. We're doing these one-hour audios because everybody wanted them. So by popular demand, um, we're dropping these. They're going to be. We're going to be dropping them every Tuesday. Don't forget, Friday is our live stream. We do two to three-hour live stream every Friday um, at eight thirty p.m. And we always have a guest. We always have a topic, and then we we tell. Some always have a good time. Yeah, we have a good time. We tell stories, and then we bring the guests on, and, and then they tell stories, and they talk about what's going on. Um, we've been doing a lot of work. We've had a, a, really, a, a really good set of shows recently. Um, everybody's talking about how much fun they have watching the live streams. Check it out. We always have a few hundred people in the chat. It's, it's a pretty good time. Um, one of the things I was going to say, though, is that these one-hour shows, this is it. Okay, we're going to drop this on the um, the other platforms, the other 12 platforms, whatever, but that's it. This is it. If you want to listen to these one-hour shows, you got to go to YouTube. We're not getting paid correctly to do these, so we, we, we had to, to pull them. Um, we came to a to decision, uh, ultimately, was made by Anthony, which I think was the right decision to pull them and put them exclusively onto YouTube. Everybody, and I mean everybody that is not listening to the lives, you're missing out. I, I, I promise you, you're missing out. You're missing out on a ton of material. And one of the problems is that every day I wake up, I mean every day, I am not exaggerating, Tony and Anthony can attest to this, 
we get emails saying, where are you guys at? Where are you guys at? And I'm like, well, we are not on those other platforms. We are on YouTube and that's where we're at. So if you just go to YouTube, people are like, well, I can't listen to YouTube because I'm, you know, I got to do this. I got to do that. You can download it. Can't you? Can't you download the episodes on YouTube? Yeah. I mean, if you want to download the episodes on YouTube, you'd have to have a YouTube premium subscription. Premium subscription, yeah. which is only like 12 bucks or something, 13 bucks. I don't but know. I mean, either way, you can just leave it playing on your phone. The, I think the thing is that they can't turn their screen off if they don't have a YouTube premium subscription. Yeah. But I don't know. Just plug your phone into the charger. Make do. Figure it out. I don't know. I, I have a YouTube premium subscription, so I use that, and I it, it comes in handy. And it's, it really does. It saves a lot of time. It, you can do a lot with that. I just can't stand ads. I really the ads, can't. yeah. And so that that's how that works, folks. And I'm sorry that that it is what it is, but that's where we're going to be at. Until now, we have been given some sponsorship opportunities, but I'll be real honest with you: we haven't even had time to look at them, and they're not really so up to this point. Not really worth a whole lot of our our, our effort. Um, well, there's one that's a little bit more fun than it is, you know, monetarily worth it. Uh, yeah, there's we have to do that one. We, yeah, we're that, we're that gonna get on it. We need to, that's though. something we just we work all the time, and it's amazing that we're able to have two and a half hours on Friday, and an hour to two every week to do these shows. But we want to do them because we have fun. And so, without further ado, we're gonna get started here. Don't forget the Facebook group. You, the link to this show will be on the the Paranormal Roundtable Facebook group. On, and, and if you go and you leave a comment on that link to the show, uh, we'll pick uh, somebody from the uh, from the comments and you'll win a book, an autographed book from one of many authors. Um, that all. being said, don't forget about Paranormal Lounge uh, in Humanoids with Barton Nunley, uh, Quad Coalition of Sciences, and the uh, International Dogman Project groups. Those are, I'm an admin in most of those groups. So those, we'll, you'll check those groups out. So folks, here we go. We're going to get started here. Did you have something to say, Tony? I was just going to say that's another reason to listen to the live stream because we do give out a lot of stuff out and you have a good chance to winning on those because if you haven't won before, then we usually put you first up to be picked. Yeah, we're using a wheel. We call it the wheel of morality. Anthony came up with it. <laughs> yeah. And then also, you know, for those other listeners on those other platforms, I was going to say that, you know, besides all the content of the live shows, you're actually way behind because we only have it up to 175, and that's not how far we went. Yeah, we we're at like way. 204. So you're missing a lot of content. In All the ways. ones I dropped with Barton Nunley. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and the thing is, too, if you go to the live stream, somebody asked me that when they go to YouTube, they said they don't know how to um, go to the lives. All you got to do is go on there where it says videos. It shows the one-hour episodes. Just go over to the right. It says lives, and it'll show 100 and – what are we at, 103 at this point or something? I think 105, 106 maybe. 105, 106. Wow. Further along than I even thought we were. Anyways, there's a ton of a ton of material, hours and hours of material and stories, just all kinds of stories, people telling their stories, me telling their stories. So if that's what you're looking for, information, you want to be entertained, there it is. So what what else can I say? So, so we're going to get started here, folks. And, and, and so, like I said, unwelcome passengers. This is the the a topic that I've been wanting to do because I've gotten so many stories of people telling me, you know, I, I saw something in my car. I saw something in my car. I'll start with this one. And this one's one I've been dying to tell for a long time. Um, I used to work at a security company. And I've, ha I've held this one to my chest because 
I, I've known the story for a long time. Scorpion, it's something me and him talked about. We had a guy, uh, his last name was Richards, and he worked with us at a security company we used to work at. That company's still around. They're my former employer. I don't want to, I don't know if I should say the name. But anyway, I'm still on good terms with them. The, uh, the owners, I think, have changed. But uh, years ago, I was a lieutenant for this company. And uh, and so and the, the only rank that they had above me was captain, and there were three guys that were above me. Um, so I was pretty high up there, and I could have become a captain, but I didn't want the responsibility. And I was still working part-time at a nightclub, which I really enjoyed, so I didn't have the time to commit to this job. But there was a guy I was really good friends with, and uh, his name was John. And he was a, a lieutenant like me. He was a patrol lieutenant, and he died. He died of a heart attack in his truck on the job. Uh, that happened years ago, like in the early 2000s. And it was sad. Um, his, his nickname was JC. Everybody called him JC. He was a, a heavy set guy. He was really jovial. And I enjoyed working with him. And whenever I'd see him out and about, he'd always, if I, he was in the area, he'd stop by and say, hey, how's it going? And uh, his best friend uh, was another guy named Rusty, who was the one that actually found him. And, he, and it was determined that he had uh, died of a massive heart attack. He was truck was idling and it was on one of the properties that we did security for. And, uh, I was sad. I was really sad. Every time I'd go in the office, there was a picture of him with a memorial on there in the office when I go get my check. And, um, there was another guy I worked with named Jermaine that was a good friend of mine. And he had a really spooky encounter, um, in John's former truck. Um, and now it was him and then, uh, the field captain Richards who both had weird encounters in this guy's truck. I'll start with Jermaine's story. Uh, he was actually at a place called, uh, well, I probably shouldn't say the name of that either because I don't know what the ramifications are of saying the names of these properties, but um, I don't know if there's any rules against it. But anyway, it was a bank building downtown um, right behind the entertainment district. Uh, and you guys probably know we've parked there multiple times, especially with your stepdad, Tony, when we would go downtown. Yeah. And, uh, and so it was a bank building with a parking garage. And so he was going through there on the first day after they released the truck. Cause I mean, somebody died in the truck. So there was a few days where they just, you know, it was sat idle. And so when Jermaine went to take the truck out, um, he heard somebody sneeze and he was sitting there and he was in the truck. The windows were rolled up and it was, it was a hot summer night. So he was like, it was like, you know, midnight and there were people going to toward the downtown area to, to, to go clubbing and doing whatever. And he's like, dude, I heard it in the truck. It wasn't outside the truck. And uh, so me and him were talking and we went to get our check. And then he heard somebody say, hey. And this was while he was doing his rounds. He was driving and he goes, and I was driving down 11th Street and it was in the middle of the night, four in the morning. Uh, this happened like on a, on a Tuesday or Wednesday. It wasn't, there wasn't that many people out. And he goes, there was nobody yelling. But I heard somebody say, hey. And so he goes, I look over, and for a split second, I thought I saw movement, you know, and I just thought, man, I'm losing my mind. It's four in the morning, and my shift's over in a couple of hours. Maybe I'm just uh, tired. And so he was telling me this. He says, but th there's something about that truck. I don't want to, you know. So as fate would have it, <laughs> yours truly ended up having to pull a shift. And there were two trucks out there in the parking lot, and they had them by numbers. And so they gave me number 12, which was John's truck. And I looked at the key, and I said, I don't want this one. And so I went back in, and because the the, the boss at that time, uh, the field captain, was superstitious, we didn't have a truck 13. We had 14. 
So I went back in and I grabbed 14. So I go out there to 14. I go to get in the 14 and 14 won't start. And so I was like, <laughs> and uh, I'm not joking. When I got out of the truck, I thought I heard somebody say tough break. And there was nobody in that parking lot. And, and it's right there. And I'll tell you exactly where the office was. It was it's right there by, by that on Lamar, by the uh, used bookstore. That's where the office used to be. And so I got out, and there were two security companies in there. So, so it was kind of confusing. People would say, oh, I, I came to your building to try to get a job. And, and they went to the wrong company, you know. And so we made a joke. We were like, they're get, people are coming to get hired, and they're going to the wrong company. And we're, you know. Um, and so anyways, it, it was kind of weird. There was another company right there. So one of the guards from that other company I made friends with, and he ended up coming to work for us because that company didn't pay them worth of crap. And, uh, I had finally went back in and I got the keys to 12. And as I was walking out to the truck, the guy that was running late, he was an hour late, no call, no show. He gets dropped off by his wife. So he comes walking up and Benny, the supervisor said, Oh, well, I guess you're off the hook. You know, he goes, uh, 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 this other guy showed up. And so I can't remember the guy's name. But anyway, I handed him the keys and I said, okay, we'll have a good shift, whatever. A couple days later was payday and I saw Jermaine again. And Jermaine told me a little bit more. He said that he was in the truck sitting there underneath one of the buildings off of Guadalupe, uh, which is downtown Austin. And he said that he heard someone say his name like real quietly, like Jermaine. And he felt like somebody tapped him on his shoulder. Now these are small trucks, you know, the little small, like yeah. bigger trucks. And, uh, so he says, he, he's like, I'm not going to lie. I was nodding off. I was starting to fall asleep. And somebody said, Hey, Jermaine. And he's like, and I look and there's nobody there. And then he said that, uh, ultimately he was walking. What ended up making him not use that truck anymore. He was walking back up to it and he could have swore he saw a heavy set guy fitting fitting John's description asleep in the in the in the truck. And he could see it as he was coming down the ramp of one of the parking garages. And he goes, I saw it, dude. I saw the guy. And he goes, and when I came around the corner where it, there's kind of a blind spot where you can't see it anymore. And he goes, and I, and I came around the, the, it was like a curving, uh, uh, down spiral, uh, uh, sloping, whatever you want to call it, where the, where the vehicles drive in. And he said, I drove, I walked down <clears throat> and I thought it was John and he was, it was, he wasn't there anymore. And he said, dude, I got in that truck and I drove back to the office and I finished the, the shift in my own personal vehicle. And I told the field captain, I said, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm not going to drive this truck. This, this truck is haunted. So John was a workaholic too. He, he put in like an enormous amount of overtime all the time. And uh, I just remember him always like go, coming in uh, early, um, always on time. He was very punctual, and then he would stay late. And I just, me and Scorpion were talking about him one day, and we were, we were talking about how he was that way. Well, I believe it was Captain Richards, and, and, I'm, and if if you're out there listening, and, and I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But I thought it was Captain Richards. He said that he was driving down 35. And he was exiting onto MLK in that truck, in that particular truck, because his had broken down, so he had to use it for a couple of weeks. And he said that some weird stuff would happen, like he would, he kept feeling like somebody was in there, and he would smell this cologne that uh, that John used, and him and John were good friends. Well, one day he said that he was exiting, and he looked over, and he saw John sitting there looking at him, and he was like, John just said, hey. You know, like, what's up? You know, like, just like he said, it was like a, a real live person. Like, I'm looking at you. Yeah. 
And he said it was like, he touched my arm and he goes, dude, it was like a flesh and blood person. And, uh, and I'm pretty sure, I believe it was Richards that told me that story because there was another guy that had told me and Scorpion a story about that truck. And I can't remember his name and he didn't work with us very long, but he got freaked out because he saw John in the mirror behind him. Didn't know anything about him. Didn't know who he was. Didn't know anything. But when he told Benny, the supervisor, he said, dude, I, I was going to my truck and I saw this heavyset guy wearing our uniform standing behind me trying to get in the truck. And I was like, whoa, what, you know, and he turned around, the guy was gone. Well, we all knew that that was what he looked like. And we were like, that was JC. Well, long story short, that's what ended up happening. And Richard's swarping down that one day, um, he said, Hey, what's up? You know, when he was just sitting there idling the truck and he looked over and once again, he saw him sitting there in the truck and he just jumped out and he looked, there was nobody around. There's all these people walking around downtown and he's looking crazy because he thinks that somebody's in the truck. And, uh, he said he went so far as to stop some people that were walking by and said, did you see somebody sitting in the passenger seat? And they were like, what? Like, and they were like, no. And he goes, okay. Like he thought he was losing his freaking mind. And, uh, yeah. So anyway, that's that story uh, about the, the haunted truck. I don't know whatever became of it. I ended up eventually leaving that company and going and starting my own. And I didn't, I don't know what ended up becoming of it. And, um, but, uh, I, I hope that his soul found peace. He did love his job and he was very, uh, he wasn't one of those wannabe cop security guards and he wasn't a slacker. He just liked to work and he was very jovial. Yeah. Um, didn't eat real healthy. <laughs> you know, that was the thing. He was always on coffee and donuts, man. And he was just a, he was a retiree from a, a, a delivery, uh, trucks. Uh, he delivered, what do you call it? Uh, I believe he worked for a, a cleaning service and he, he was like, he would deliver stuff, whatever. He would drive a van or something. Um, if, if I remember correctly. And then he went to work at, at our company and he'd been there for about four years when he passed away. But uh, that's my story. I remember getting out of the truck and just hearing somebody say tough break and looking around the parking lot and not seeing anyone. Um, and then shortly after his death, I remember going into the bathroom and you had to have a code to get into the building. And I remember there was nobody in that building. And I went in there to use the bathroom because I had an assignment that was down the road from the main office. So I had to use the bathroom there. And I was washing my hands and I heard somebody go like that. And then they kind of coughed. And I just remember John was all, he always had allergies real bad. And I just remember like getting the image in my mind of him. And, and when I opened the door, there was nobody there. I don't know. And I, I even went to the main office and walked around and didn't see anybody. So I was like, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. Um, but several guards had claimed to have had encounters with uh, what they thought was his ghost inside that building. And I, and I don't even, you know, it was just, somebody telling a story and then another person. And I know Scorpion knows one of the stories, but I, I haven't gone over it with him, you know, but anyway, that's that story. And, and I don't know. And I'm, like I said, I'm pretty sure it was Richards. There were two guys, funny enough, that kind of looked very similar. There was Richards and another guy named Cooper. Um, and I can't remember which one was which, but I think it was, it was, it was the field captain that told us that story. I'm pretty sure, but Scorpion would know. But anyway, that's the beginning right there, just to tell you. Uh, I wouldn't say he was so much an unwelcome passenger if it was me because I was good friends with him. Not great friends with him. We got along really well. Yeah. But the guy that <laughs> didn't know him probably really freaked him out. And then Jermaine knew him. Um, and I think that what really disturbed him was like it just was kind of sad too, you know. 
because everybody liked him a lot, you know. And he was the kind of guy that would always do you a favor if you needed anything or if you needed somebody to work and he was off. Like his off days, I believe, were like Thursdays and Fridays, and he would come in and work for you if you needed him to. And he worked for me more times than I can count so I could go to the club and work. And so, eh, you know, it's a sad thing. But um, anyway, uh, rest his soul. Uh, we're, we're moving on. Now, this story I'm going to tell, this is a Bigfoot story. Or is it? I don't know. You be the judge. This one happened in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. A guy was hunting. And the funny thing about this story uh, is that the guy's name was Hunter. And I looked it up, and he's actually – so Hunter was out hunting. That's kind of weird. Um, but uh, people named Hunter like to go hunting too, you know. <laughs> so this guy went out, and, and what happened was – he thought something was following him the whole time he was out in the field. He was out in the bush. He kept thinking that he heard footfall. And he's like, dude, I know the difference between four legs and two legs. And he kept saying that there was something two-legged that was stalking him. And he would look over and he would see it kind of parallel to him. Now, it wasn't like um, behind him, like like it's going to grab you, you know. But it was off to the right. And he kept, he's, I kept seeing something in the corner of my eye. And then when he would look over, it was it was gone. It was just like it wasn't there. And he kept thinking, man, I'm just seeing stuff, you know. And he didn't grow up thinking about Bigfoot or Dogman, was not into any kind of stories like that. He knew what Bigfoot was. He even knew what Dogman was. Like he had heard stories, you know, whatever, but he wasn't into it, and he didn't believe in it at all. And he said, you know, he goes, I was just – I was 27 years old, I think he's like in his late 50s now, but he said he was 27 years old. He was walking through the forest, and he said that he actually, at finally, when he was headed down a trail going back to his truck after not finding anything, um, he sees what he thinks is a tall, a thin, kind of lanky thing with long arms, and it just ducked behind a tree real quick, and he thought, did I just see that? Was that really there, or am I just imagining this? He said, I'd been out in the bush for eight hours. I was tired, you know. So he goes and he gets in his truck, and he said he had an old beat-up Ford pickup truck. And he said, you know, it was pretty reliable, but for whatever reason, it wouldn't start. And then he said he kept messing with it, and he was, like, doing everything he could, you know. And he was, like, so he thought maybe there was something wrong with, you know, Maybe something there was something electrical, so he decided to get out and look under the hood. Well, he said when he got out to look under the hood, he felt the truck kind of shake or move. So he went around to the left side of the truck and he looked, went around the right side of the truck and he looked, but he didn't look in the back or anything like that. And it wasn't a dual cab, you know. And so he closed the, the hood and he got back in and he said, you know, he just sat there kind of bummed thinking, what am I going to do? There wasn't this, he didn't have a cell phone. Um, and then he just said to heck with it and he tried it to turn it over again and it started. So he gets down off of this gravel road and he starts driving and he's just like, he said he's about a mile or two, mile or two down the road and he sees something pop up in his rearview mirror in the back of his truck and he's like, what the heck? And so he goes and he looks, like turns around and looks back into the bed of the truck. He doesn't see anything. There's, and like he can't see anything. And he said it was, it was, was not dark yet. It was basically dusk. Um, he had been there, you know, for, for most of the duration of the, of, of the, of the, of it was daylight, you know, and he said it was getting to be dusk, you know, and he said it was, I mean, he would have been able to see something. It wasn't dark yet. And he said that he kept, he started driving and it's just as he was about to get onto the main highway, 
he sees this thing in the rearview mirror jump out of the back of his truck and it just kind of like was like its arms and legs were straight out. Like, you know, like it was doing the splits or something and it just flew uh, like into the bushes. And he goes, I look and I slammed on my brakes just to, just, you know, instinctively just like, what was that? You know, to stop and see what it was. He goes, I look in the back of the truck. There's nothing there. He goes, but I know what I saw. Like I saw this thing. I saw it in the rearview mirror and then I saw it in the, the passenger mirror. And he goes, it jumped at a, in, a, in a weird way. And he said it was very ape-like. And he said that it looked just like that thing that he had seen that was walking parallel to him in the, in the woods. The weird thing was, though, that he's like, if you, if you were to look in my truck and to the back of the bed, he goes, you could, this is what he told me. He said, you could see if there was something back there. And there was nothing back there. So what the heck was that that jumped out of his truck? It's bizarre. Yeah. And he said it wasn't debris. He goes, there was some junk back there, you know, he goes, but there was nothing that flew out like that. He said it was fuzzy, uh, reddish brown hair. He did say that. And it, it just looked weird. He said that what he saw in the woods, the, the arms were all the way down to its knees. Um, it just had these really long arms and it was hunched over. How does something like that sneak into the back of your truck? Yeah. It had to have happened to me when he was looking under the hood. It hitched a ride at that point. I think so too, but uh, I was just curious about: what, is that a Bigfoot? Because like when you first described that, I thought no it maybe it might have been like a mid transformation rake, maybe or mid mid or like well, not some, with that fur though. Yeah, that's that's what turned me away from it. That, but then I was trying to think like I don't know if these are really the typical signs you'd hear from a Bigfoot, besides it just kind of being ape like. I don't even know what kind of creature would be able to do something like that, especially as stealthily as it did to be able to go up to a truck, climb into the back of it, and sit there long enough uh, that you're not able to be seen. Well, think of this. He didn't He didn't see the face of this creature. He didn't get a, even a, a really good look at all at the face. And he did admit to me that he did have some junk in the back of his truck. So what if this creature was able to just kind of camouflage itself in the back of the truck? Or what about cloaking? What if it jumped in the back of the truck, cloaked, that's cloaked itself it, several miles down the road, it decided it didn't like what was going on, so it jumped out? But why would it do the splits and have its arms out at its side? And how does it get how does it get in the back of the truck without without making any noise or or like without uh, he felt the movement. Well, it moved. The truck like okay. was shook. Yeah, but like uh, it just makes me curious about how how heavy that thing is for it to be able to shake a truck. Yeah, I mean that that's a weird thing. You know, that's a weird story, and I would definitely classify that as an unwelcome passenger because who the heck wants a <laughs> who the heck wants a wild ape man jumping in the back of their truck? Well, I guess that's <laughs> a new pet to bring mm. home. <laughs> I had kind of a mildly similar thing happen to me the, with like the with my truck shifting when I was working uh, overnight. I, I I was leaning on the back of my truck, and then uh, I just kind of stepped back to to stretch for a minute, and I I see my truck shift like left to right, like the whole suspension just shifts like like something like someone jumped off of it or something, and I I, I still couldn't I couldn't tell you what happened or what that was. It wasn't a windy night or anything like that. It was, it was just me out there. It wasn't the one near Del Valley, was it? No. Okay, because no. I had weird something happen out there. No, this was uh, in between Hutto and Pflugerville. Oh, was that the one where me and Nelly 
Yeah, but where you and Nelly used to work a lot. Yeah, and Nelly thought she swears up and down she saw a Bigfoot out there, which was reddish brown. I saw the back of it, but I don't really count it because, and that's odd because Lyle had told us that he had seen something reddish brown, you know, when he was investigating the Boggy Creek. Yeah, but I mean that, that's what was weird with me is that I didn't I didn't see anything in or around my truck, and I, I circled my truck after that because it 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 kind of it unsettled me. But I mean, I still had to look and see, like, what could have, what could that have been? But there wasn't anything. My truck just shifted, like something jumped in it or jumped out of it. Yeah, I remember you telling me that, and that is weird because we're talking about a reddish brown Bigfoot. Of course, this is Upper Peninsula, Michigan. What may or may not have been an Upper, I mean, a reddish brown uh, Bigfoot, and then what me and Nelly saw. Well, this thing he said though, if it was a flesh and blood type creature that was cloaking. It was a juvenile because he said it was skinny. He said it was skinny and it wasn't real. It was had big shoulders, but it wasn't like real massive, masculine, you know, muscular looking. Um, that's weird. That's a weird coincidence. He, and this is the story that Nelly told me to tell, which I may have already told this on the live stream, but I'm pretty sure I never told this on any of the one hour shows. Uh, I was working at Travis House, which doesn't exist anymore. It's now being turned into high rides, like everything right. else. And uh, I was sitting out in front of the uh, property, and I know you guys have heard this, and something fell into the back of my truck like like a body, like somebody had jumped. And, and, I, and I honest to, to goodness thought when, when I felt this, there was a guy that would, was doing the power walking every morning. It was about 5.30, and he would walk by like clockwork every morning. And then there was another old, older uh, Hispanic gentleman that would sit – at the bus stop every morning. And I got to know them actually because they were there every every morning. And the Hispanic guy, sometimes in the morning, he'd walk over to me and he'd give me a kolache. And and we would talk a little bit and he'd go back to the bus stop. And then it we became like a habit because I worked five days a week there and then two nights at the club. I was there Monday through uh Thursday and then or Sunday through Thursday. And then Friday and Saturday I was at the club. And then I and then I eventually quit working that site again. Started doing a bodyguard gig, and then Scorpion went back to work it. But uh, that particular site had a lot of weird stuff happen. And uh, me and a, another guard named Rusty had had cleared that building one time when we know we saw somebody run in there, and we cleared it, and there was no way to exit, and we couldn't find the person. So it was a weird place. I li- I I like to stay out of the building. Period. It was just, and there was a lot of places where somebody could ambush you. And uh, there were some volatile homeless people that would stay there. When I had an altercation with one, Scorpion had an altercation with one, and I had some weird stuff happen. So I was sitting out in front of that building at 5.30 in the morning. Guy walked by doing the walking thing. The other guy was sitting at the bus stop. I waved at him. I got in my truck. My shift was about to end. I was writing, the because the, back then, we, you know how we do our reports on the computer. Mm-hmm. We we had to write everything out, you know. I and my handwriting was terrible, so I had to print. So it took me forever because all my fingers been broken. So I'm sitting there writing everything out, you know, and I'm finishing up my report, and I'm like, "Thank goodness, I'm about to be off." And I just hear, "Boosh!" Like, like a ton of bricks. Like it was like it was like somebody had thrown a very heavy person into the back of my truck, and it was loud. And my truck went whoosh, like it touched the tires, you know, the back of the bed. And I bounced back up, and I was like, what the heck just happened? And so I got out of the truck, and the guys across the street, one of them was, had already was doing his walk, and he turned around, and he came walking back, you know, and he was like, is everything okay? And the guy across the street uh, had come walking over both of them, and I, and I, wa- I, I thought I was going to find something 
in the back of my truck that either somebody had jumped from the top of the building or somebody had fallen or right. maybe one of the homeless people was up there and I didn't catch them and they threw like something down into the bed of my truck, which I thought was more plausible. Maybe they dropped something or they were being uh, malevolent, mischievous, whatever. So I go and look in the back of my truck. There's nothing there. And just for safe measure, like I opened the tailgate and I got in and I kind of walked around. Um, there was nothing in the back of my truck. Did you notice any damage? There was nothing. Absolutely nothing. I mean, it was so weird. I will never forget that. It was just like an explosion and it just fell in the back of my truck. Um, the guy that was across the street did say that there was a homeless dude uh, about a year or so before um, had fallen from the top, like right there near where my truck was parked. And he actually, him and him and his brother, who used to ride the bus with him at the job that he would go to every morning, his brother was was ill and he was no longer able to work. They found the guy. But he thought that was weird. And he said it had happened about a year before. And so, I don't know. Was it was it history repeating itself? The guy was dead, obviously. He had died. But, I mean, I, mean, I don't know. I don't know. Did somebody... You know, and when and when he fell, he ended up falling into the street, you know, like so or jumped, whatever. And obviously he didn't live, you know, it was like several stories high. But uh it, it was a weird thing, you know. I, I don't know what that was. And so that was Nellie told me I should tell that story on the unwelcome passenger story, and it kinda your thing kinda led into that. Yeah. But uh yeah, that place where you were at, that that, that was some weird me and Nelly had some weird stuff, but that's not on topic here. But uh Yeah, I remember that that area now that we you're had talking some about weird it. stuff happened there. I know Zane did too. Zane yeah. Zane says he felt like something pushed him from behind in one of the buildings. But uh moving on here. Um so this one was a farmer. This this one happened out in El, near near Elgin. Y'all know where Elgin's at out here. It's not far from Austin. Yeah. It's right outside. It's in between here in my hometown, um, Taylor and, and Elgin and Austin kind of make a triangle. But uh, it's off of 290. Um, anyway, this one happened on the other side of Elgin. This guy was doing, he was farming, and it wasn't his family's property. It was a, it was adjacent to an old farmhouse. It was supposedly haunted. And uh, some family friends uh, told us this story. And I was able to track down the guy who told the story, and uh, it happened. He was working for his grandfather, and the people that lived in the farmhouse, they were actually friends of my dad's, and uh, they they originally told us this story. And I remember hearing it when I was younger. This happened years ago, and I tracked him down, and I asked the guy to tell me the story, um, and he did. And so I've been keeping this one for a while, waiting for us to do an episode of this. And, uh, it's pretty, it's pretty creepy. Like he was farming, you know, and he actually unearthed an object, um, and he saw it go flying across the field. So he stops, he was plowing, he gets out and he goes and he checks to see what it is. And it's a scythe. Uh, and everybody doesn't know what a scythe is. It's what the Grim Reaper uses to kill you. No, it's no, but, actually, go well, ahead. I was going to say beforehand, it's normally a farmer's tool. There's yeah, was, the hand scythe, but I'm thinking you're talking about the bigger one. Yeah, it was a bigger one, and it had okay. the one with the little handle on it and everything. But this one was broken. It was like in the middle of it, the, the pole of it was broken, so it was like half of that. So that's usually used to cut wheat and yeah, other. To, yeah, to do all yeah. that. So, I mean, it's a, it's an archaic tool that you, you don't need anymore. But, I mean, at one time they did use it. And so 
uh, he, it was basically used as a farm tool, whatever, and it could be used as a weapon. Many a revolt featured the scythe as part of the repertoire well, of the farmers' revolts, you know. Many farmer weapons turn into weapons. I mean, many farmer <laughs> tools wow. turn into weapons. Many farmers' weapons turn into weapons. Yeah. <clears throat> like I know ninjas use a lot of farmer tools as weapons. Well, actually, the scythe was one of them that they turned into, yeah, as a weapon because yeah, that was what they do. They would actually disguise themselves, and that's how it started because they didn't want their face to be seen when they would rise up against their, you know, the the uh, shoguns and the daimyos and whatever. We're not going to get into the the history of feudal Japan. Look, um, the point is that, that this scythe he uncovered it and he found that it was pretty intact, and he thought, you know, this is pretty cool. His wife liked to collect old, you know, antique items. He'd unearthed things before. He thought nothing of it. He took it and he put it in the tractor. And when he got back to the to his uh, vehicle, he threw it in the back of the truck. Um, he went to wash himself off near the farmhouse because the people that lived there they would they were renting the house, and he was you know it was basically his family's house that they let him rent. And so he went to the to the farmhouse and and talked to the couple that lived there for a little bit and he rinsed off outside because he was he was really dirty you know he said I was, I was a mess and so I got in the truck and I was getting ready to leave and he goes and I hear this weird kind of a grunt and he was like I didn't know what it was but it sounded like a man kind of clearing his throat but kind of groaning at the same time and he said I looked in the back of my truck and he had a dual a dual cab but it was one of those trucks where they didn't have the quad cabs like like they do now. It was like one of those trucks where, you know, you had that little space in the back where you could just kind of enough to put stuff in, you know. And um, he had a diesel. And uh, so he was he was driving down this long dirt uh, gravel road to get back to the main county road, you know. And uh, he was going to finish uh, doing the plowing the next day. And uh, he gets not even to the end of that driveway and uh, he sees this movement in, this, in, his, in the corner of his eye. And he looks up in the rearview mirror and he sees a man. And this man was like long, scraggly hair with a long, unshaven face. And he looked dirty and disheveled and his eyes were bulging out of his head. And he said the dude's mouth was moving, but there were no words coming out. And he's like, he goes, I blinked my eyes, I opened them and he was gone. Then he says, he goes, I just slammed on the brakes and I jumped out of my truck. And he said, when I did, I look in the back of my truck and there's the guy. He's in the back of my truck, standing in the bed of my truck. And he's wielding this scythe and he's swinging it back and forth, back and forth. And I was like, I asked him, I said, was he, he was trying to kill you? He goes, no, he wasn't trying to kill me. He wasn't trying to hit me. He was just swinging it back and forth. And he goes, and then he looks up from what he was doing and like he, he yells, he screams really loud at me. And I just hear this like man like he's in pain and he said that there was like blood and like water coming from his eyes like in one corners of his eyes you could see just like like tears or something and then there was like blood coming from the the, the inside of his eyes and he said it was just insane looking he goes and it, it, he goes i freaked out started running and he said i ran away from my truck and then i thought he goes, at that point, I'm holding my pistol in my hand, and I was too terrified to even try to shoot because I knew this wasn't a person. You know, this was some kind of phantom or something. He said when he was looking at it, the scythe didn't even look like what it was. It looked like it was perfectly intact. Like Stored. It was, yeah, it was perfectly, you know, and he just thought this is, you know, a ghost or something. And so he takes off running down the road, and then he turns around, and he's like, I got this gun. 
you know, maybe it's a person that's just messing with me. I don't know how it got in the, that back part of my truck and then got out and then got in the back back of the truck, but I'm going to get to the bottom of this, you know. So he starts walking back to the truck <clears throat> and he goes and he looks under the truck. He looks around the truck, back truck, everywhere. Doesn't see any signs of this guy. So he gets the the scythe, which he had stuck in, stuck in that back small part of the back of the truck, and he takes it and he puts it in the in the seat, and he drives down to the county road. And as soon as he gets a few, uh, uh, you know, miles down the road or whatever, he just throws it out of the window, and he said that was the end of it. I threw it out into the ditch. Uh, next day he goes back, and he tells the people that live there. He's like, yeah, I, un- I uncovered this scythe or whatever. Well. The the people that live there, the the Limkeys, actually, their last names, and they, they told them that, that they actually were out there messing around one time and under one of the old oak trees at the at – the, there, there's always these clearings. You know how it is out there. And there's like these rows of trees, you know, kind of like Taylor. You know, there's farmland, but then there'll be these big little forested areas all around the the plots of land. And they were underneath a big oak tree, and they unearthed a jar of marbles. And the the wife of, of of Mrs. Lemke said that they had unearthed a jar of marbles, and they had taken it into their house. And the next day, four of the windows were blown outward, like they all just exploded in the middle of the night. And the only thing they could think of that they had done differently was that they had taken that jar of marbles inside, and they heard like a child screaming. So they took the marbles and they took it back to that oak tree and they reburied it. And so. He told them where he threw the scythe. Well, here's here's a weird thing. Um, what's like that's not weird enough, but this is weird too. Uh, Mrs. Lemke was driving down the road and she was confronted by what looked like a man running alongside her vehicle, wielding a scythe and wearing overalls and looking like he was from the olden times. You know, like he was wearing like these old timey looking clothes. You know. And she said he was running running alongside her vehicle, and same thing. His eyes were, like, red. She couldn't tell if it was blood or not because it was, you know, dark, and she just saw him. And she was, like, the next day, her and her husband and her husband's brother went out there, and they drove along that county road, and they found that scythe, and they took it, and they took it, and they buried it by the oak tree. And then that was it. They, nobody had any more weird encounters. Now, the, the history could have been anything. I mean, I don't know who these people were, you know, or why this child buried their marbles by the oak tree. And I don't know anything about why the scythe was in the middle of the field broken like that. And why it had never been uncovered before. He said he'd been plowing that land for six years. You think it was buried and it just slowly rose up? Or 16 up? years, I'm sorry. Do, I, <clears throat> do you think it was buried and just slowly rose up? Maybe buried and it just came up. I don't know. I, don't, I mean, who the heck knows? Did... When he was swinging the scythe in the back, did it damage the truck at all? No. No damage. I asked that question. Well, at least he had the decency not to damage people's property unlike that screaming kid. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the windows were blown out because he stole some marbles. Now, folks, that's not like, you know, like nowadays, you know, that's like stealing somebody's Pokemon cards. Like yeah. kids, kids like, you got my, you know, Charizard or something, whatever. You know, because back then marbles were a big deal. And this was a big, one of those big jars, you know, yeah. those big ball jars. And it was one of those big ones, the blue jars, you know. Um, I would say probably turn of the century, you know, like 19, early 1900s, uh, the turn of the 20th century. And it, and they were marbles, you know. And there was like, you know, probably 50 marbles in there. And so she said it was one of those big blue ones, you know. 
And they didn't, they couldn't even open it. Like they tried opening it. So they just set it on the counter and like, we'll mess with it tomorrow. You know, the marbles were really pretty and it was somebody's humongous marble collection. So, um, yeah, it's like taking some kids, you know, Pokemon cards or something. So he, he, maybe he got upset. A lot of reason to break someone's windows. Maybe if that kid had discipline, you know, he, he wouldn't. Break people's windows for taking. Yeah, his... it's surprising. He's more. He's like a millennial, isn't he? Yeah. Uh, but anyway, exactly. Yeah, it's crazy to think about. I don't. I don't know. I mean, maybe these people were like the Chainsaw Massacre family. I don't. I have no idea. I don't know who they are, what they were, what the you know why that would happen. But it did. Well, if I had to guess, I'm guessing one was a farmer. Man, you are. Oh, yeah, so you're, 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 you're on fire today tonight. I think that's the scariest part. Is how insightful. Yeah. Okay. I don't want to. Take the weather outside here with your story, but yeah, you got to say it in Batman's voice. I think one of them was a farmer, and we need to beat him into oblivion. Mm-hmm. He'll never swing a scythe again. Uh, okay, well, well, you're a big Batman guy, so I figured I'd throw that one for you. He didn't damage any property. Oh my so. gosh, dude, we've already <laughs> been over this. What's I don't think he created a crime. I don't think Batman. What is wrong really with this care? kid? Batman doesn't care. He beats you up for jaywalking, dude. Come on. So, anyways, we got big. So we 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 covered the hunters, the hunter, the hunter story, and then we covered the, the story in Elgin. So here, this one happened in in uh, South Carolina. I'll go to that one. This one was pretty crazy. Now, what happened with this one? I the guy was driving from Fort Lauderdale, Florida, and, and he was heading up to Pennsylvania to see his sister. But his brother, his half brother, lived in South Carolina. Uh, in Columbia. So he was going to stop off there and they were going to go and, you know, hang out for a couple days, whatever. So he was going to try and drive all the way through. Um, and I believe it's like a nine hour drive. Right. And so he ended up getting really tired about six hours in straight driving. You know, he was tired and he had been up for a few hours already because he had to work the night before or day before. So he took off that e- that evening. So it was like midnight and he was like, you know, hitting a wall. So he stops, you know, and he gets, uh, some coffee at this like truck stop in the middle of nowhere. And then he says he gets back onto the road and down the road from that truck stop, he thought he saw not even very far from the truck stop, like within like, you know, if you were at the truck stop in the parking lot, you would probably be able to see this. And he said that you could see it through the lights from the truck stop. What looked like a kind of skinny, the way he described it was like a cat-looking thing, but it was emaciated, but it had a really big head. And he said that it was like furry and like and it was like rounded, and he said it had like a mane. And I was like, that's the way he described it. And I said, did you get any, like what color was it? It was black. It was just all black, like a shadow. And he said, I saw this panther-like tail, and I saw it stand up and then jump, and then it was gone. And I thought, did I just see that, or am I just, you know, really – tired and delirious and I'm just, just alive and awake because of coffee. So he thanked God that he wasn't out of his truck, you know, and he just kept going. And, uh, so he's driving down the road and, and he, he was, this was not long, long ago. It was like 2011. And he said that he was in his truck and this thing was in the back seat. All of a sudden he sees it in the back seat of his truck. He's like, dude, I, I just, I, I look up in the rearview mirror I see a solid black figure and it had like reddish, uh, orangey eyes. That's all you could see. That was the only thing that wasn't black, everything else. But he said, you could make out the outline of it. It had like a, like a mane, like a lion. 
And you could see kind of a bulge like where it would be like a muzzle. And then he said that he looked down and he saw like this hand or what at first he, that was the first thing he saw actually was this hand like thing that he, that almost he, at first he thought it was a spider. And that's when he looked up and saw it in the mirror, but he said it was on his shoulder, dude. And it like, it didn't grab him and like jerk him trying to make him wreck. It just, just touched place him. It there. Yeah. I just placed it there and he looked down and he goes, and I saw this black fingers. Like, and he said, if you took like a, a per person with really bony hands and put like a black velvet glove on it. There was no like definition or anything. And you could see where the, 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 the it had like claws though, where it came to like a point and it was on his shoulder. And he said, dude, I screamed and then I swerved and I went off the road, then got back on the road. And he goes, I started freaking out, dude. He goes, I was, he's like, I was fortunate that I didn't go into oncoming traffic. He goes, I was terrified, you know? And so he says, I finally, I got control of myself and I looked and all I saw was like this black tail, what looked like a tail, kind of like a panther's tail. And then it was gone. That's all he saw after that. It was just there and it was gone. And uh, he said he thinks that there was something there. And when he paid attention to it, this is what he thinks, you know, that it made itself aware to him. And then it, it you know, it appeared, you know. Um, and he said that when he got to his brother's house, he told him about it and said, hey, I saw this really weird thing. His brother had taken a nap, had been sleeping while he was on the road, right? His brother said, yeah, I was watching this movie. Uh, and and the, the movie that he was watching, he said it was about these weird-looking uh, cat people. And I think that's actually a movie from, like, some the old days or something. And he said, he goes, I was watching a movie, and it was about these, like, panther, black panther people, you know, like cat people, whatever. And he said, that's so weird. You know, he goes, because this thing though, he said it didn't look like a panther in the head. You know, it was like a skinny body with like a lion head looking thing. Um, demonic for sure. And he said he his truck, he said, smelled like sulfur for like a week. And so I thought it was interesting though, that his brother had told him that he was watching a movie about cat people. Um, and so you know, that, that was just a weird, uh, Jing, maybe he subconsciously manifested something from his brother having that like how would that happen um just a nightmare like a tulpa maybe i don't know if one guy's strong enough to create a so single. his brother watched a movie and then created cat people or just that jumped into his his brother how did that how does that work? i don't know maybe something took advantage of a fear that he obviously just saw I mean, what are the odds that he sees a movie with cat people, black people? That is, that is, yeah, that's a weird thing. I don't know how to explain that. Yeah, I, I don't know why really that weird. would happen. I don't know. Maybe his brother, like, man, he's like, he manifested it well, in his maybe brother's not truck him. or something? No, obviously not purposely, but I'm just saying, like, do you think it's something that took advantage of his brother's fear of that and like, manifested him, themselves as I didn't this. ask him if he had, like, an overwhelming fear of cats when he was a kid. No, I'm saying, like, of cats <laughs> specifically, but he saw this movie and maybe, like, this thing freaked him out enough to where, you know, maybe his, his brother was obviously well, he, coming he, to he, visit. Here's one thing he did tell me. He said that a cat took a poop in his clothes when he was a kid, and he's like, there I didn't like it. That well, I, for one, feel even more vindicated for hating Voltron. I always hated those ugly, hideous cat people. Yeah. <laughs> Voltron? 
Yeah, well, that's true. That was a robot, dude. Yeah, I mean, those were. Oh, mean no, 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 not Thundercats. Voltron. Thundercats. 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 I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, that's that. Yeah, I, I, I'm not. I, wasn't I, really hate, I hated Thundercats. I hated Thundercats so much. Thundercat fan. I remember I bought him that. Box I still hate Thundercats. Yeah, I, I, I have no opinion about Thundercats. I was not. Here's what's weird. My mother would let me play with He-Man, GI Joe, Transformers, Star Wars. But she would not let me buy the Thundercats because she had read some article that the Thundercats were evil. They look evil. Yeah. So she would, I never, I was never allowed to play with them. I never had their toys. I never had Lion O. I never got into those. Uh, most of my friends did, though. They had like at least one or two. I think there was one called Panthor, wasn't there? Like, I, I, was, think so. I don't know anything about them. It just looked demonic. Because <clears throat> I didn't really pay attention. Yeah. It wasn't real big on There was like one named Snarf or Snurf or something, I think. I hope not. That's a horrible name for it. <laughs> I think it was. I mean, it, it wouldn't make sense because it was a horrible TV show, a horrible no, cartoon. It was a, it was a cartoon for kids. and um, but uh, Turning yeah. kids to the devil. Turning kids to furries. Turning kids into <laughs> evil. Yeah. It's, a, it's of the devil. You saw that right. cat man because you're evil and your body's evil yeah. and your kids are going to be evil and that's all it is, evil. I'm telling you, this other Baptist called that one. Yeah, well, maybe. I'll give him I, that. You know, I, I don't know. Harry Potter too. Nat, we're, we're canceling him too? What's going on? Jeez. I don't know. I just don't like it. Well, anyways, that that's, that's what we got for today, folks. Um, next week, we will continue with Unwelcome Passengers. We have a few more stories to talk about. Um, there's some creepy stuff that we're going to talk about. We got to, <clears throat> but you have to go to YouTube to catch this episode, uh, the next one. And so we hope that you do. Uh, and so for everyone here at Paranormal Roundtable, um, thank you for tuning in from, uh, Tony and Anthony, two different people. Um, not cat people, obviously. Uh, well, yeah, I guess we like cats. We like but we cats, don't, but we don't yeah, like, I cat like cats. People. I just don't like when they're mixed with people. <laughs> yeah. We're cat people. do like when they're mixed with people. Uh, so if you're a cat people and you're not like a cat lover, okay, unsubscribe cat all cat people, people. We don't want you around no. us. No. What about dog people? Dog man, we don't want that around us either, right? No, I, we don't no, want any but I mean, kind of big human beings. At least they exactly. look pretty cool. That's, that's it. But we I know I I don't want a dog dog person. Call me crazy, but me. I just want pure humans or normal animals around. So you yeah. put on Craigslist looking for looking for love. Must be a pure human, no cat or dog people. Yeah, no chimeras either. Ass. I mean, what, what what about Bigfoot? Is it part human or no? It has to be complete human, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I don't want an ape man. So nobody that my brother's dated, basically. Well, I would no. just feel intimidated. <laughs> be like, He's probably over there we're like, what the heck? <laughs> uh, okay, folks, that's all the time we have for tonight. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to go and leave a comment on when we drop this episode on the Facebook group so you can uh, give your uh, opinion, comment, whatever. If it's negative, keep it to yourself. If it's positive, put it on there. Or if you just want to say hey, so you can be entered into the – the, the drawing to be picked to, to win a book. So do what you got to do. And thank you for tuning in. And don't forget to go and like and subscribe and check out our live streams on Friday. We do one every Friday. And we'll be there uh, uh, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. On YouTube. Although we don't have tails because we're not cat or dog people. All right, folks. I'll see you. Good night.